know what the web page is for this you find it mm. yeah so rune uh not a bad choice by the way um in terms of uh, growth appreciation its market cap is now 1.4 billion at this level so it's not small anymore but at the same time like thorchain has been battle tested for years and um hacks and other th- problems that it's had in the past have largely been worked out so I think that makes Thorchain um, a bit safer choice this year. Um, last year, it went to like, I don't know, 20-something dollars, 21 or something. It's currently at five. Last season, I'm sorry. Yeah, it went to 21. Now it's at about 462. And um, its next FIB level up that it hasn't reached is $10.55. I think like anything for a bull market period, anything less than 10 bucks which includes some speculative multiple on the deterministic price of $2 is fair. And I think there's definitely still upside on Thorchain. The other thing is too, volume for Thorchain at this level has been rising as of the last uh, three weeks. So the probability that you're going to find buyers of Thorchain are high. Mm, And I think like, I don't know, like I think the lowest it'll probably go is, probably like 273 at the worst maybe so i think reasonable choice king do you have a fair amount of rune did you buy it at the bottom or where'd you get it um i didn't get it at the bottom i got it like five or six or something okay yeah yeah so you got it high then after it went up already yeah or you bought it last season during that time no, I, I just saw a whole lot of tweets going on about it and then i said um, <laughs> you bought like, yeah, yeah. You want to go be a little bit careful about doing that. Um, usually by the time the tweet storm has actually happened, a lot of the price move is actually, um, some of it's already happened already. And I think it's fine here. I think if you got some at five or six, you should definitely consider adding some on the way down to sort of like maybe double up your position here is probably fair. Um, but um, like, I think I would be, very interested if it was like at 274 but it's also got a fib level like right at four dollars or so which is probably not a bad location i'll be honest with you Sophie. i mostly put um june because of chad bitterford's accent i, I trusted his accent so. <laughs> chad's a good guy <laughs> um yeah, no, they have they have a good product overall um volumes on thorchain are much higher than they were last year and there's more benefits to rune holders now than there used to be. So I would say that um, rune is a better asset now than it was last season. So, and the number of users on Thorchain has dramatically increased. The amount of volume has dramatically increased, like 10x or something. So as a result of that, are you going to see some price appreciation for rune as a result? Probably, probably. So I think it's a fair bet here. I think this is a decent price to be, to be picking up rune. Um, in all seriousness. Yeah, it looks all right. So yeah. Um, uh, how high is it going to go? Well, I mean, I think like a five X to its previous high or so is probably very rational here. Uh, will it go higher than that? I think it depends also on how much B- BTC and ETH go. Remember, cause like you have to have three times as much Rune in the ecosystem as you do 
the underlying assets. So that means if ETH and BTC go up, then Rune's price um, either has to go up or the validators have to buy more Rune to um, secure their secure their assets. So if you assume that BTC and ETH will go up over the next couple of years, then I think you're safe bet that, um, like, let's say ETH, ETH doubles from here. Let's say BTC doubles from here. That means that the there'll be no speculative multiple on rune price at this price. Um, but usually speculators will put a speculative multiple on the coin, right? Like they'll, they'll run it up higher than what it's actually worth. And so I think like north of $21 again this year is very likely. In fact, it in this recent run up, it one, two, three, four, it actually retraced back up four fibs, almost made it to a fifth fib um, on its run. So it actually performed better than total three did, which is the altcoin um, average, right? So like it, it has performed better than average, I would say, and it performed better than say, um, it, it performed better off the bottom than a lot of other things. Let's put it that way. It's done pretty good so far. I think you'll be fine on room. Yeah, if you've already bought it, hold it. It should be fine. I don't have any issues with it at all. Um, but yeah, Mohammed, you had another question? Yeah, so Sefi, uh, what do you think about XRP? And the second rel relative question is that, like, uh, as the, the ETFs are being approved, so what do you think, like, uh, after getting the highs, BTC going to retrace just like the like the, it, it did in the last previous years, or this time it's, it's going to be different. It's not going to be retraced just before the halving. So what you say about that too? Oh, the pre-happening crashes. Um, I don't think there's any catalyst right now for a pre-happening crash unless there's a U.S. banking crisis, um, where like we have an actual financial emergency of some kind, sort of like 2008 which is not completely out of the question just yet. So that would be the only thing negative for crypto would be like some catastrophe happens. But outside of that, like previously, like COVID crash and the minor, you know, Chinese miners getting kicked out and all that shit, like the pre-happening crashes. Um, you know, I don't know that that's going to happen this year again. I, like I'm not expecting it necessarily. Of course, you never really ever know. <laughs> so um, you have to plan for that possibility. And uh, my plan for that possibility is simple. You know, I will probably add to some BTC if it takes a big dump. And I, I like BTC more close to the mining cost. That'd be like post having that'd be like 20 to 24 K. I might get some then for those. But like, yeah, the general market, I think like, yeah, if a crash is going to happen over the coming year, it'll be something related to, you know, U.S. commercial real estate or maybe U.S. banking or something like that. Um, outside of that, I can't think of anything really, really crazy. Maybe some weird war or some shit that affects something. I don't know. Uh, you never know with these things. But um, but yeah, usually election year time, the thing is like um, there's going to be a tendency to, you know, like not rock the market too much. And there's a tendency for that to be sort of bullish usually for election years. But who knows? But yeah, Altex, you were going to say? Uh, I got a question for you that you may or may not know. Whatever happened with uh, Voyager's appeal to the FTX stuff? Who I don't know. Um, I think I think shortly, like a lot of whatever money is still left, some could be released in the next couple of months. I saw some sort of message about that recently. Um, I don't have a huge amount remaining on there. Um, my dad had more, but I, I didn't have a huge 
remaining on there. So I haven't well, been paying saw, attention. I saw there was something about like the three AC stuff, hmm. and that was supposed to be some kind of a distribution coming through. Who knows what amount? Yeah, probably I saw that not, one. Probably not much because I think they were, uh, I think they were doing sales of like NFTs and other things that were basically at the bottom of the market. Yeah. One of our friends on here, Gina, she kept a like deep track of that. She must've had a fuck ton yeah, of money. She was, she was incredible. She was hardcore, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she must've had a fuck ton of money on there. Cause like I lost a lot of money on Voyager, not because of necessarily the assets on the platform, but I lost like in sense that, um, yeah, the Voyager stock price took a nosedive. Basically I, went, I went to zero because I moved. I moved a bunch of assets the month before. Oh no! Shit. Voyager. Okay. Because I I was just trying to grab like a quick pump on a coin I had high conviction of, and that was the only place I could get it at the time. Right, I right, right. I, could, <laughs> I didn't know I could do, at the time use KuCoin or Mexi, and yeah, no Voyager was then, like mass pain for everybody. <laughs> And then I watched while it was in bankruptcy. I watched all the the coin that I got. I watched it pump like a six X or something. And that was it during the bear market of Bitcoin. Watch that happen. And then yeah. it was only, like, only, only a mystery why they would give that much um, money to three AC like yep. for, for gambling purposes. Oh. But I haven't heard anything about the, the settlement or if there is even a settlement with the, mm. I'm not, I haven't heard anything that you haven't heard. Whatever emails come through, that's what I watch. And I don't have too much on there. So like, I didn't have too much left to recover. So I'm like, kind of like in the whatever phase on that front. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I mean, be nice to get it. Like, don't get me wrong. But like, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not sitting there doing a bunch of research. Like Gina is like, Gina's like deep into that fucking thing. Like, like she's got, she must've had like a, like her life savings on that shit. God, that, I can't believe how many people got wrecked from all those things. That was just, yeah, the only thing worse than becoming a community member is becoming a bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, totally agree. I mean, it was still fun. I, I mean, I had the most fun in crypto during that time while I was getting wrecked. Like, yeah, exactly. I learned, I learned so much from people and like I had a great time. And, you know, it's fun when everyone's making a bunch of money, even if you're not. But <laughs> it's like <laughs> terrible, yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, I, I no, not sure what the latest is on it. All right. Um, I think your speakers are a little bit loud, though. I'm getting some feedback from you, by the way. Not sure why. Um, let me see, Muhammad. Do you have any other like suggestions, questions, whatever ideas? Yeah. So yeah, the other question was re relevant to the. So you you skip that. So I don't know. Like you 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 want. Don't want to answer that question. About which which that. question? No, repeat it. Uh, imagine. XRP. What do you think? About oh, XRP. Yeah. Um, like XRP's basic problem is its market cap is really high, and um, like it's not to say that during a bull market it won't go up. In fact, it's correlating fairly closely with total three. In fact, let me check it. So you can do XRP divided by total three, which is all the market cap of everything except for. Um, yeah, it's it's only slightly outperformed total three, which is all the altcoin market cap. It's not doing that great. So um, the other problem is it's a really high market cap. So if you're going to say, am I going to get rich holding XRP? The answer is no. 
the third thing is the company itself has no actual function for the XRP token where it gives you value as a holder of the token. I have never been an advocate for XRP. I've never cared for it in any particular way. So I don't think it's either interesting technically, nor is it like fundamentally interesting from a tokenomics perspective as far as the end user is concerned. So not a fan. Um, again, I'll say that it'll go up in value and you'll say, oh, he's an idiot. I'm not saying it can't go up. I just, I'm just pointing out that like compared to it, there's a lot more interesting things that are more likely to go up. So for example, right now where Chainlink's market cap is, Chainlink does like 10 times the amount of different things than XRP does. And in terms of actual functional utilities and capabilities that they're building into it, literally 10 times. And then, uh, but the market cap is one third of what XRP is. So if you're a fan of like what XRP is and what they do, I would say the better bet would be like a chain link here at this price, like going to back to all time high on chain link to 50 bucks or whatever is pretty much in the cards. Is XRP going to hit its prior high? That's a big, maybe I am doubtful of that. Now, I've been wrong a lot, so, but I'm doubtful about that. Um, it, it had a really aggressive pump last season. I don't know if it's going to have that kind of excitement this season or not. Um, it's all-time high. It was what, like $2 or something, or am I missing? I forget the exact amount. But it's about a quarter of the way there now, so it might, it might do okay. There's a large number of users of XRP like, or who own it who like, notice it. And when new users come to crypto, they tend to buy the stuff at the top 10 market cap. They figure those are blue chips, right? So they, so every season people do tend to buy XRP. So, you know, is it priced appropriately here? Like if you were going to own it, is it fine? Yeah, it's fine. Like the low for the bear market was like 30 cents and you're at 58 cents. It's, there's not a lot of extra pump in that. So if you want to own it and you have it, go for it. No problem. Um, but Again, it's not one of these things you're going to get rich off of. Like maybe, let's say you get a 4X. Let's say you get a 5X on it. Okay, fine. That's probably the, the most it'll go, I think. That, that's my speculation. Yeah, yeah. That's, I feel the, the main thing is, as you told, like people go for a top 10. And like, yeah. And uh, Yeah, look, the newbies, the liquidity tends to flow into the top 10 when the newbies show up. Now, Right now, we're not all newbies here because we've been here since last cycle and cycle before that or whatever. So we're talking about like newbies will show up probably by next summer, by next Christmas. That will be when a lot of fresh people show up probably. And by that point, yes, you might see some of these older coins pump, you know, the Litecoins, the Dogecoins, the XRPs, whatever. So I think within six months, you might see a good run. Um, like, you know, it's okay. I think it'll go up like anything else. Um, I'm not sure I'm impressed with their tech or anything special that they're doing for the token. Remember, when you see headlines about Ripple, just because Ripple has partnerships with different banks and shit does not mean that helps the XRP token price at all. Like it has, those things don't bring value back to the XRP token. So that's the problem I have with that. But um, at least some of the SEC stuff and everything's in the rear view mirror for them. Like they're, they've pretty much like settled all those issues, I think for the time being. So there's no real FUD for XRP at this point. Like there's nothing really negative to say. There's nothing really greatly positive to say either. <laughs> that's the that's where we are with that one. Um, and I think like if I was going to pick right now between like, I don't know, let's say XRP, Chainlink and Ethereum, I think the in the high market cap things, I think Chainlink would have the obvious um, 
the the obvious growth multiples without a whole lot of like you don't have to do a whole lot of like uh use a lot of imagination and come up with reasons why um chainlink has good reasons why its price should go up i think comparatively okay. perfect um, so i i took you a lot of time so i i just have a last question no sweat no problem yeah. Yeah, what, what, what do you think about the pepe wine the last last question um i don't have any um it's definitely popular among a lot of people um it's kind of one of the better memes in the space. And there are certainly a lot of people betting that Pepe is going to go crazy. Um, let me see what it's done right now. Hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. Pepe, USDT. Um, actually, I need to find it on Uniswap. One second. Let me find the chart with the longest price history. Um, it's probably Uniswap or something. Um, maybe. Oh, here we are. Uh, Pepe on Uniswap V3. No, that's not very long either. Mm, when did it come out? Was it the summer or was it before that? Gotta be before that, right? I'm trying to find the longest price chart here. Does anyone know? Uh, Nine one. Which that? 2023. I think January. January 2023 or December. 20. Okay, early in 2021. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find a chart that has the longest price history on it. Because a lot of these do not. Uh, maybe. Mm, yeah, I mean, if you look at MEXC, um, like Pepe topped out back in last May. And it pretty much has been going like sideways ever since. And now it's January 2024. So I don't know how much more excitement's left in the Pepe coin. I'm not really sure. <laughs> like maybe it runs, but like. Meme coins are all about buying like a very, very cheap meme coin at the very, very bottom and hoping it pumps like 10x and you get out. Like finding like some kind of like world dominating meme coin, like a doge or whatever, that's going to be very rare. Like running Shiba again, that's rare. Um, and more meme coins have come out since then, right? So there's a lot of them. And that's the other problem. So, I, you know, so the capital being diverted into various meme coins is being distributed, you know, there's no focus anymore. So that, I don't know. You, do you own Pepe or is you, you're planning on buying it or what? I do, I do own some. So that is a reason. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's been flat for a long time. So it's consolidated since May. So if you were to say like, is this a chart that looks like there's a lot of downside left? Probably not. There's probably not too many sellers left of this thing. Um, probably a lot of people bought it and forgot about it. Honestly, that's how the chart looks. And so, um, that's good. That's a good thing. Cause you have like all the way since, um, like maybe October till now, it's basically the price is even. So, um, it's good in that like the risk seems low, but at the same time, I don't know who's going to be buying this later. Usually meme coins will run. If ETH goes for a big run, then meme coins will run again at some point in the future. So probably just leave it alone. Can I say something? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think the, if, you, if you want like 10x or 100x, it's better to go through the test nets. You know, the projects are working on the test nets and the good team, good backup, good funds, and try to collect their token early as much as possible. And sure. if you find some good projects, you can see if you buy something like early tokens, it, it possibility of 100x when it launched. So it is better to research more about the 
projects currently working or building and going through the test nets and participate in programs and etc etc whatever you want to do and yeah and that's yeah. that can be harder than it looks and the reason is because like some of the coins that come out they're priced at very high market caps when they come out so what happens is you buy them and then they dump for like six months or what so you have to be how fairly launched is that coin is important and are do you get did you get an airdrop for the token is also important so if you got an airdrop it's much cheaper because obviously you're getting it sort of for free but if you're paying like cash for it then the question is like what market cap are you buying this thing at and those metrics by the way are actually uh, not really clear when it first comes out so that's the thing about new yeah, chains. yeah so there's a new chain out now called andromeda for example it was released on secret network i don't even know what the market cap is exactly because i'm not sure exactly how many coins are in circulations i don't know what the price history is because on secret there's no actual like price chart <laughs> like, and so i'm like do i really want to buy this thing you know, at this level, I don't even know if I'm just getting ripped off. And not only that, but it's an early project, but it has like 90% of the coins are centrally distributed by teams and uh, validators and um, who else uh, to um, uh, VC and whatever. So the thing is like, is it a good buy? I don't know, maybe, but it also could be just something that you buy and it just goes down. So those kinds of things you can you can't put very much money into. You can only put a little bit and hope it goes up. If you're going to go like crazy and put a lot of money, you should have been like a venture capital and put that money in, right? It doesn't make sense to pay the VCs your money and then they like it drops ninety percent or whatever, <laughs> like yeah. it's like silly stuff. Yeah, so you have to spend some time. Like you know, the when this Arbitrum launch and I get something like fifteen hundred tokens and the optimism is doing same things and people in Hawaii love these things and allocate their positions in the airdrops and collecting airdrops, participating in the test nets. It's a very popular in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In Hawaii, right. Um so um yeah, so there's there's options like to do those kinds of things. But, um, you know, that's why some of the fair launched proof of work things like, for example, um, you know, Zephyr or, for example, um, Caspa, which have a very defined emission uh, rate and a you know proof of work system um, and a defined set of team tokens and stuff, which is, you know, like some of these became popular over the last two years because of this problem that. Like you buy some token and some VC coin of some kind and, you know, some of them will do fine and some of them will drop 90% and you'll sit there as a bag holder um, and you just have to wait. Right. So, um, so yeah, just be careful with those on the new projects very, very commonly, especially this is true on dApps. Like if you buy a coin that is an ecosystem coin, like it's like not the layer one, but it's like some little micro cap, those things can pump instantly when they come out but they dump instantly very quickly as well. And they rarely perform very well over the long run. So a lot of like there are shit coins, like, you know, how you know, Bitcoin and then there's shit coins and then there's like, and then there's ultra shit coins and you know, like those DAP tokens and stuff go in that ultra shit coin layer where, you know, you're more likely to lose money than gain it a lot of times. So be super careful about that. That's why like when something really interesting like Zephyr comes along, like I'd rather talk about that more support it buy the coin whatever it's a low enough market cap where it's like most people are probably going to come out okay and 
you know, it actually does something that's different from everything else and has a reasonable fair launch and it has like a defined parameters as far as like team tokens and whatever. Whereas some of these other things have like really wild, um, it's like wildly speculative. And when they emerge, like when they first get listed, what I mean by like, so let's say, for example, you have a coin and you have, a, a, I don't know, a million tokens of it, right? And you list it for a dollar. So when you list it for a dollar and someone buys it for a dollar, the market cap immediately becomes $1 million. There's other coins when they first list them, they'll list the coin for like the same thing, same, same token supply. They'll list it for $100. So what does that mean? The market cap for this coin is $100 million at the launch, right? Or they'll list it for um, $1,000 and the coin is actually a billion dollar market cap at the launch. Well, guess what? Is that a sustainable market cap? No, the damn thing is going to go down 95% after you buy it, right? So this is what I mean by like being careful. If you're going to get into like, if you're saying like, well, how am I going to get rich? Um, it's not as easy as it sounds because a lot of times in crypto, you're going to buy some shit that's overpriced when it first comes out. That's the reality. And um, like, the, so you have to like do your research that not only is the project is very interesting, but it's priced appropriately if you're going to buy it on day one, right? Or even if it's like, let's say it's recently, it just came out last month, right? So next uh, I think this month, like Dimensions coming out, right? It's a Cosmos chain and it does some shit with Celestia or something. So it's going to come out and you're going to look at it and you're going to, oh, there's this, how many coins in circulation? Oh, damn, this thing started out at like a billion market cap. Is it really worth that? I don't know. So when it when these things release at a high market cap, don't look at the dollar value of the coin. Look at the coin multiplied by the circulating supply and go, wait a minute, is this ridiculously priced when I'm buying it or not, Right. Um, it's almost like when um, Coinbase stock listed at $200 and then it went to like $400, you know, during the bull market and then it dropped to like $30, right? Like, why did that happen? It's because like, there's no sustainable value at those market caps. It makes no sense. So what will happen is you'll go into like downward price discovery. You'll discover the bottom and you'll be a bag holder all the way to the bottom and you'll have to decide, do I want to keep buying all the way down or what? So the simple answer is if like you're in a new coin and you want to get, you're throwing a quote unquote, get rich, you're probably not gonna, unless you just happen to get lucky. Like you throw a lot of money into something at low market cap and it just happens to do really well and no one gives a shit about the market cap or anything else. That could happen. But the other way is usually for new launches, what you should do is scale in. So like if, let's say you, the, the initial market cap for something is $100 million, you're like, this thing's not worth $100 million. It may be worth, you know, 50, whatever. What you do is you scale in and you say, okay, I'm going to buy a dollar worth at the $100 million level. Just keep an eye on it. And if it goes to $90 million market cap, I'm going to buy $2. If it goes to $80 million, I'm going to buy $4. You just keep going down all the way to the very bottom. And then what happens is, is you will have a bag that makes sense and you have bought the bottom literally. That is the correct way to buy those things. Um, some people have actually created actual drop mechanisms that actually mimic that. So Astroport, for example, when it first came out, they had kind of like a, what's called a lock drop and the price drops, the sale price of the token drops manually with the system logarithmically. And then you can buy in wherever you want to. And then people buy whatever price they feel like buying it all the way to the very bottom. And that's kind of a fair launch system where it's not just a fixed amount and it's not just like some predefined, like minimal liquidity. What it is, is like the initial buyers are the new liquidity and they are the ones that are supplying the 
the the um, LP, and they are getting the benefit of being the early investor, but also getting the best possible price for the coin that you can possibly get. So those fair launch type of processes are very uncommon in crypto, and most of these coins have a shitty um, process that mostly benefits the founders. Any coin that's being released during a bull market, you should be prepared to get fucked by it. That's what you should prepare for. And the reason is because you know, groups that are releasing during a bear market, bull market, what they're doing is they are hoping that you're retarded, that you just have a bunch of money from who knows what, and now you're going to dump it into this thing. And, um, and they're going to exit with your money because like 90% of it's venture capital money, right? So these things will get dumped on big time and it happens all the time. DAP tokens, whatever. It's just a gigantic grift in crypto, right? Like, so if a team releases their project during the bear market, the team does not get rich quick. They have to kind of grind and do the work and, you know, have good like community tokenomics and everything else. And then that would be like a Kujira token. That's the reason I said Kuji is a good one is because like the token distribution and it doesn't have like, oh, it doesn't have like validated inflation and all these other things. So it's like a much, much better tokenomic with Kuji. You can hold it long term. You know, if it goes well, fine. But like some of these other things have really, really shitty token um, economics. Like there might be good projects, but it's mostly the token is designed mostly to benefit the team in the form of a security. It's not meant to benefit you, the user of the actual token. So be, be aware of that. Like there's big differences when it comes to these things, right? So the, the answer to how do I get rich quick is not as simple as it might sound um, as far as like picking small things and hoping they go up. But does that, does that answer a lot of your questions, I think? Mohammed, does that help a little bit as far as like... Yeah, that, that means gratitude. a lot. Like it's a, yeah, you, saved, you, you saved many of us from like buying the shit. During this bull market, man, yeah. <laughs> well, well I mean, I what I just told you is <laughs> usually takes people about five years to figure out. So that, that you short-circuited that waste of time. So like, that's, so you always want to hear from people that uh, like have been fucked over by buying things too high. That helps you understand, like, how do you even measure what too high is? Like, how do you know what a fair price for something is? That's a tough thing, right? So, and then you can also overanalyze things too. One way not to get rich is buy nothing, obviously, because then you don't like... Like, oh, all this looks stupid. No, like a lot of people buy shit. doesn't matter how stupid it is. People buy it, right? Like meme coins or whatever. So uh, not fading that concept of like FOMO is also a good idea. So you have to mix in like how many FOMO buyers are going to be? How many rational buyers are there going to be? How low is this thing going to go? When is the smart money going to step in? All these kinds of questions. Um, yeah, very tricky. Sultan, what are you doing, man? Yo, what's up, Sefi? How are things? Um, good. Busy. First time speaking on this, so um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm always listening to you guys, and I'm I'm always keen to kind of chime in. But to be honest, I, I've always been a background listener. But sure, I have a couple of questions. So like, um, yeah. I'm an investor of Kuji Zeph. I'm a kind of fairly Luna OG, so kind of went from kind of the yeah. top right the way down, lost about ninety percent or so. But I've invested. Mm -hmm. I've, I've invested in Zeph. I'm kind of looking at a lot of the proof of work coins at the moment seems like they've yeah. all kind of been fairly flat the last like two and a half months after that big kind of late October. Pump. Yeah, almost all the altcoins are doing the same thing, by the way. Total three, like the chart for total three looks like that for almost every altcoin. Yep. It's not only just proof of work. Yeah, but go ahead. Definitely noticed that. All right. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of obviously outliers, but um, I'm kind of wondering, like, it looks like a lot of the money's flowing from kind of BTC to ETH, then a lot of the 
major L1 players and some of the kind of newer guys like T are coming in, kind of absorbing a lot of that money. But I'm wondering, like, mm-hmm. what would kick off, like, the flow of money into the smaller caps like Zeph and maybe to kick back off that proof of work narrative that ran for a couple of weeks? Do you have any thoughts on mm, kind of what, I th- what happened? I think, I think the proof of work buyers, like, are largely much smarter people than the average group. So for starters, you're talking about more seasoned traders in that group by now. So I think especially those that are putting a lot of money in. So these are people that are going to really chart trade pretty heavily. So Zeph at this point, it's like bottoming out about 17 bucks as an example. It's sort of flattening out there and like volumes dropping. So I think like if you look at Caspa's chart as an example, it took about three months from its first pump to go from high to to consolidate to go back to high. We're about a month and a half. We're about a month away from that for Zephyr in theory. So if it's yeah. going to replicate a Caspa type move, you know, in a similar trajectory, you're talking about going back to 52 bucks in like, I don't know, a month or two. Um, is that going to happen? You never know. Cause I'm just pointing that like, that's an example of a recent proof of work coin that's done well. Yeah. Um, so you don't know for sure it's going to take a month or two or three or whatever. But the point is like, when things are technically traded, that means that everybody and their mother is looking for the chart to flatten out, right? So what does a flat chart look like? It usually means like a double or even triple bottom, maybe even a capitulation below that. And then everyone's like, all right, I'm in, right? Like, so there's a, usually a lot of people on the sidelines waiting or people that sold the top who are waiting to buy back. And they're like, I'm waiting for the right moment, right? Yeah. So I think like you'll notice that over the past um, month or two, like price has been sort of like, you know, settling in at, you know, this kind of level. And then volume's also been dropping off. So like eventually market makers have to find volume. So what they'll eventually do is start pushing their limit orders higher and higher for the buys, right? Because they don't want you to pick up the coin too cheap. What does that mean? To pu- push the tra- limit orders higher? They're trading against you. Well, the, 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 the market makers who are like making the market on MEXC, which is the biggest exchange that has this, they're going to want to make money off of you. Right. So, so if they're not finding any volume left at these price levels, then what they're going to say is, okay, there's no more like, you know, it looks like sellers are mostly exhausted. It doesn't seem like price is going down any further, but also we haven't found any new buyers. So the market makers will take their limit orders and start pushing them higher. So maybe their previous limit orders were like heavily at 15. They'll move them up to 16 and then they'll move them up to 17 and like that kind of thing. So, so slowly what happens is the floor price starts going up. Also, if they see, that users are putting a lot more because they know what their limit orders look like. If they see users are putting a lot more limit orders at like 15 or 14, they're like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, um, you know, that like clearly there's buyers at that level. We'll start pushing it up because why would we want to give it to them cheap? So (laughs) this is the game, right? So the thing about small market cap coins is the market makers are directly trading against you. Like they are not just simply making a market. They are, trying to make money, right? Not just on fees or whatever, but on, you know, selling you the coins as high as they can. So if they feel like, okay, we're going to find a lot more volume if we start pushing this thing up and all the retards start coming and buying, then we're going to make a lot more money if we push this thing up to $200, right? Well, and will they be actively selling like themselves as an exchange, let's say? like Yeah, they'll always be selling yeah. because you have to, because like, otherwise, what do you, how do you get coins to then put back into the system, right? For yeah. buy orders at the limit so they're do, they're doing market maker orders which is like 
all limit orders. They're not buying anything at market, right? So it's a little bit different. But anyway, point is that um, that the yeah, the longer this goes, and the longer you're not seeing. I mean, if you think about how many Zeph come into the market every day, like eight thousand is being mined a day. It's quite a lot, right? You're not seeing anywhere near like eight thousand being sold per day. I know that for sure because, like, when I do a large buy, like. It's not like if you bought, if you sold 8,000 worth of Zeph instantaneously, the price would dip to like, I don't know, you know, it would, it would dip to like $15 or $14, $13 instantaneously. Like there's not much liquidity there for selling yeah. purposes. So, you know, a lot of the miners are holding, like they have to be, otherwise the price wouldn't be where it is right now. Like, you, you know, for sure that's the case. And um, so I think a lot of the miners are holding in anticipation of much higher levels. So um, I think like they're thinking of this more of like a Casper type of thing, right? So, you know, it, that's kind of the the thinking behind this. But does this tell you exactly when price is going to go start going up or what the bottom is or anything of that shit? Not not exactly. But me personally, I I've been buying at this level. Um, if we get a little bit more of a dip, I'll add even more. But I've gotten like f I bought like four or five times between seventeen to twenty dollars that range right so like yeah. finding the exact number is never like rational you're never going to find the exact number like i don't care what kind of charts you draw and shit like you're not going to find the exact number so what you do is you just sort of scale in once you feel comfortable that price has dropped sufficiently i've been scaling in since sub 30 bucks personally so i bought some 30 i got some at 20 you know in this level so and then if it goes down further then i can get one big buy because the thing is like the number of coins you can buy think about this if Zeph drops 50% from here, let's say it goes to like 10 bucks, right? I mean, shit, like <laughs> you can buy a lot of coins at that price, you know, and, and everyone will sort of do the same thing. So yeah. the difference between Zephyr when it was previously at, let's say $10 and now is a lot more people have paying attention to this thing, right? The number of users, the number of Discord users, the number of Telegram users, the Twitter followers, everything has gone up. So you have a lot more, and not only that, but the hash rate went up a lot. So that means a lot more people are watching this thing. And when it goes down, all those people that mine this coin, if they have not sold because they're waiting for higher prices, they also are saying, wait a minute, if it goes down low enough, I'm just going to buy more, right? So miners are also future buyers as well. It's like, it's a tension. So I think like, at yeah, this level and below, it's a really nice buy in my opinion. Uh, it's still sub 50 million market cap. That's really low, right? So the hash rate is equivalent to Monero, which has a 3 billion market cap. What else do you want to know? Like, you know, that's about, so yeah. somebody believes it's worth mining. Um, so a lot of people apparently believe it's worth mining. Uh, otherwise you wouldn't have those kinds of levels already. It actually broke Monero's record levels in terms of top hash rate. That's crazy. I saw that. I was, I was also thinking like a lot of people were hyping this thing up, like Kaduna, some of these kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, fillers yeah. On, on Twitter. And a lot of them are saying, you know, oh, I bought this thing at, you know, 30 cents, you know, whether a lot of that's bull or whatever, I don't well, know. I think the lowest it went was like a buck 80 or something. It would it, like, yeah. not many people bought it over, over the counter at 30 cents. So there'll be some of those people and they might've sold, that's fine. Um, but yeah, what happened with this one is it seemed like the viral, the viral spread of social media based pumping happened all at once is what happened. Um, for sure. Cause like a bunch of people tweeted at one time, a bunch of people had created YouTube videos at one time, the miners created videos about how to mine it. So it, yeah, for sure had a general social media virality event happen. 
Um, I don't think it was orchestrated in the typical sense. Any, at least not any more than any other coin. But like, when will be that next style of pump? It's usually after enough people have accumulated. Think about it. Like, so if a couple of months goes by, a more a couple more months goes by, and more and more people own this thing, right? The number of people who have an incentive to shill it or to retweet it or hit the love button or whatever the fuck else like increases, right? <laughs> so virality, uh, the next pump is usually going to be again an exponential move, typically because first off, like the when the when the thing is at the very early stages, people are nervous about putting as much money in, right? The second level, like here, people actually get more comfortable with putting money in because they know the project better, right? So like I put more money in after the pump than I did at the very beginning when I got in at six bucks or whatever, right? So I actually put way more cash in now than I did at six bucks. So that gives you an example. So just myself is one example. So the thing is like at the very beginning, a lot of people, like think about it this way, a lot of miners were selling their coins in the beginning, right? Because they, they don't know what's going to go up. We talked to some miners and they're like, oh yeah, we've been selling every month. I'm like, like what? Like you sold it before it went up? Why'd you bother? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, as the price goes up, everyone gets more confidence. Like people feel like, you know, it's like an erection or whatever. Everyone's like, everyone's <laughs> feeling more confident about their sexuality and they're all kind of like uh, ready to ready to go. So people do tend to, it's a second pump, like, this next move would be like potentially one of the larger moves. And the reason is because like the, the number of total users and the amount of total capital increase of the second round. So yeah, I think it's very, very early though. I mean, if you think about it, it went through when it came out in summer, all it did was go down from there, which is good. It went down to like the very, very bottom market cap it could reach. I don't know. It was five billion. It was like a million or 2 million market cap, something small, right? Like 2 million, I think something like that. And so it found its bottom as far as like um, picking up uh, new users and picking up new buyers and stuff and eventually started coming back up again. So, yeah, I think it's like a good um, it's an excellent chart, actually. Like it's the perfect chart that you want to see on a properly launched token without any shenanigans going on. It's like it starts out a bunch of people mine it. The price, it, you know, starts as some low number, right? They didn't cr put crazy number like to start with, and the market cap dumped to like oblivion, to where like, you know, it's it's a fairly priced thing that anyone that wanted to get it early, who wanted to pay a, like a low price for it, like under five bucks, had an opportunity to do so if they wanted to. And if you come in late, obviously you always pay a premium because like the early people take the highest risk, right? Rug pull risks and everything else execution risks and everything. So yeah, it's fine that the price is higher. And, but I think this is sort of the, the, the special spot where the, like the, like this is the level where a lot of the um, gains are to be had. And some of the risks have been defined a little bit better and the hash rates higher and the network is secure and all that shit. Right. So like a 10 X from here would be pretty, pretty rational. Um, that would put mm -hmm. us at only a half billion market cap. Right. That's very, very rational. A billion market cap is also very rational for a proof of work coin. That gets you to, you know, like a 20x from here. And Monero's at 3 billion market cap. Can it get there? Maybe. That puts you at uh, 60x from here. But the reality is, like, overall, the risk-benefit ratio numbers look favorable to me for Zephyr. Like, it's it's fine. So like, and I think, and I think splitting hairs between whether you buy it at $17 or $20 on something that has, like, 10, 20 and 60 X or hundred X potential is like, it's just gambling at that point. And yeah, like you'll feel happier if you get the very lowest price, no question. But you know, are you going to be able to predict that exactly? 
I am yeah. doubtful of that. That's the problem. So, um, yeah, it's just depending on what you like as far as um, your risk tolerance. Also, it's, it's like it's also a question of how much money are you putting in, right? It's like if you're throwing a hundred bucks at something, who really gives a fuck? Like you, know, you just buy a little bit and like sit, because the reality is like you know, plus or minus a little bit, it's not a big deal. But if you're putting a million bucks into something, yeah, like every dollar counts, right? Yeah. So I think the scale, so how much research and time and shit you spend on these things should like be commensurate with your investment. Like why the fuck would you sit around talking about this all day if you didn't buy enough to matter, right? Like, like why, why, why care? Well, just let it, let it sit, run the bull market, whatever you get, you get, right? So yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's too many other major contenders for privacy i know like rose seems like it's it's focusing yeah. on on that narrative with i think it's it was emp or something which is a micro cap that that had integrated with them or something a couple of months ago and mm-hmm. um, you obviously have monero but like there's not too many that kind of well satisfy what, all of those criteria with the proof of work and so what's important point. here also is what, what one of the reasons why i a couple of reasons why i thought zephyr was more interesting than some of the others one is it's CPU mined, which means I can mine it myself. Uh, and individuals can mine it, which improves decentralization versus like just me having to buy an ASIC miner or some shit. So I think it's a better decentralization through that method. That's one reason. The second reason I got it was in the privacy sector, you want the team to be anonymous for sure, for sure, for sure. I don't care what the risks are, what they do or what they dump on me or whatever they do. The bottom line is they, it has to be anonymous because otherwise that represents an attack vector in the privacy space. It's untenable to me. I would not have been as interested in this if the team was not anonymous. Seriously. Like, so that was a big thing. So there are definitely like a confluence of features here. And then you add the stable dollar piece of it. Um, that's another narrative. It's another utility um, that makes it more useful than Monero. And And then you have a system that is not like designed fresh, right? It's not like you know, the, 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 the random X protocol that mines the primary token is already well established and they didn't reinvent any of that, which means that the security of Monero has been fine since 2014 or, or sooner than that. Like, I remember, so like, to me, like security is, I'm comfortable with it too. Um, and then if they get some more exchanges that it's listed on, that helps of course as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like, it has like a mixture of features to me that makes it investable. Um, also like the relative fairness of the launch, uh, of the, you know, and how the, like the token prices and everything. Cool. Like, great, for example, that, um... just, like just an, as an example, Sultan, like you'll have, uh, something like Kujira. I think when it launched, I believe it might've launched, uh, at least when it first showed up on, I think Max C, I think it was like $2 at that level. Like I think Kujira must've launched at like a, I mean, like it might've been a hundred to 200 million market cap immediately. Right. Whereas here you're talking about something that was like run from like a million market cap to maybe 50 million. And so it's even fairer in that respect that you're getting in super early still, right? Like, I mean, if it has another run up, like another 10 X, I might be less comfortable in calling it early, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but here, like, you know, it, so Kuji went from like $2 down to like what 30 cents or 50 cents or something. Right. So why did that happen? Because it had to find its bottom. And good thing about Kuji is it did that during the bear market, which is means like all of the nonsense has been flushed out and all the investors feel comfortable. So everyone's ready to buy. Right. Yeah. So Kujira had the benefit of starting in the bear market and it's brand new Zephyr. Same story. It started in the summer, well in the middle, you know, well part of a bear market. And it, and it did well, you know, and it had its chance to sort of like 
cut its teeth during that time period and get started. I think both are very, very positive for this reason. Like they were launched at the right time, not to take advantage of the users, but to like maximally benefit the end user who's buying the token, right? And that's important because a bunch of happy users is very useful to the ecosystem. Why? Because they're all going to shield the shit out of their token to their friends and shit, right? Like yeah. if, if you bought it at the very beginning and the fucking thing goes down 99%, you're going to be pretty upset and then maybe ignore it for a while, but you may not like love it. So people that are making money are generally happier and those happy people are important to like spread the word. So I think both of these coins have that benefit to me is my sense. Yeah. I actually, I've, I was, uh, I got an early allocation of Kajira through Star Terra back in, I think it was late 2021 or 2022. Oh wow. Way back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it actually got a nice. I think I got five hundred bucks worth of it, and it zoomed up to I think it was nice. whatever the all-time high was, and then kind of just dumped from there, really, like and remained stable. Obviously, it got the it got the airdrop then when it moved to its own chain, um, and I've been following it super close since, super bullish on yeah, it. Yeah, I've had my Kuji since the Terra crash. I bought it. I bought a bit more than you did. I think I bought it like. Um, like when their daps and things came out right and um yeah. so i've held it since then it's done really really well um it's one of the like i mean put it this way if um i mean probably if my kuji runs like maybe another 10x from here it probably represents almost all the money i put in luna the first time <laughs> so it's pretty damn good well, so i think like yeah i mean it's a real serious like recovery story for sure for people that trusted yeah. them I think my only concern with Kujira is it's so well put together. The tech is amazing. The community is great. They're all the pros, obviously. But the only thing I see with it is it's almost there's so much tech in it. And it's it's so hard to reach for just the normie who comes into crypto, doesn't know shit about how to buy anything. Um, it's not that viable yet. And I don't know, it, it, like, if a sex is something that we actually want because it's it's on it's, it's on Mex C so, so far. It's not on too it, many. I know it's on Mex C, but you know, you know, kind of like everyone yeah, wants the finance listing, the the coupon yeah. listing. I'm not too worried about it at this level. I think, like, again, the same as Zephyr. If like Kuji gets to like, um, first of all, there's like other coins that get to high market caps without being listed in those areas. But like, if it gets to like. 2 billion market cap and then you get it listed on bigger exchanges i think that's better because if you list it too early it holds the price down honestly like it being relatively illiquid is why the price pumps so much and so like i'd rather like the new exchange become our exit liquidity after this thing hits like 50 bucks or something then exchanges get listed now i think people think of this backwards because like, because the over, overall TVL in Kujira is only like a hundred mil or something. It's relatively small, and uh, the price of the coins like four hundred mil. So it's it, you know like I think this year is time for it to catch up in terms of yeah, both more projects coming on, more interesting shit you can buy on the chain, and then like the price steadily going up. I think is it's fine. Like I think if you look at the overall bull market, which is let's say let's assume it's like a year and a half to go or two years, then over that time period, you have plenty of time for this to run from like $5 to like, say, 50 bucks. And that's a really good target for a Fuji, right? So yeah. uh, there's plenty of time left. I think it's us assuming that it has to pop faster than this is probably part greed. <laughs> but uh, yeah. now there are things that do pump a little bit quicker. Like, like if you want to talk about overvalued, right? Like 
at this point, um, Injective and Neutron are both highly overvalued for what they are, right? Uh, like Injective barely has anything to do on it. Why did it go up? Because it has a gigantic shield cartel. Neutron doesn't have anything to do on it at this point. Why did it go up? Just because it's new and like it's available by Binance Labs on Binance. So everyone just bought it just because, right? But yeah. does it do it? Does there anything to do on the fucking thing? No. Kuji does. There's more stuff to do on Kuji than both Injective and Neutron combined, I would say. Right. So like, I agree. I agree. And, and the market actually, caps, I, I, if you just add all this shit up, it doesn't make any sense, right? At all. So I, that's I, I agree. Really you, know, hmm? you, you know what they it's say? It's like the market can say irrational. Oh, sorry, sorry, you go. Lots of things happening in Injective, I think. You just need to research about it. No, but like, yeah, but not not like there is on Kajira. The user interface is dramatically better and there's more and more interesting stuff. So I would disagree with you there. Now, I'm not saying that they're bad projects, Neutron and whatever. They're fine, whatever. They'll, they'll make DeFi shit happen. I'm just pointing out that the price of the coin for Kajira is drastically lower than it is for, say, Injective and for Neutron for a project that you can do more shit than both combined right now. And Forget about future just, potential. I'm talking about now, but now what you can do. So what we're pointing yes. out is like, if you want a cheaper project that you're going to make more money on, usually it's the one that's undervalued relative to the rest of the market. That's what and I'm saying. Token, I think token unlock is going to happen in somehow like one next one week and 150 Five, 160 million rupees is going to um, stay much so going token going for the team allocation. What? Which company? Token which team token. Team token and which just one? Injective. Injective. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They may not sell. They may not sell. Uh, yes. They are not going to sell. And 160 million for the team is really good amount for the developing further. You know, and they can build some. Excellent things. Teams usually don't dump if they have a brain, so usually they won't. I don't. I think the injective team's pretty good so far. I don't think they're going to just dump on their users. Not at this market cap. Um, otherwise, everyone's going to hate them pretty quickly, and it doesn't look good. Um, <laughs> L ones that do that really get bad reputation very quickly. Yes. So no, I'm not suggesting that injective is bad. I'm just pointing out that like uh, Sultan's kind of an owner of Kuji Token. I'm just pointing out that if you compare it to other stuff in the market like that doesn't even do as much as Kojira does. It's market cap is small. It's user experience is definitely better than the others for sure. Like there's not even a question. If you compare like the fact that Kuji has a, you know, fin order book, essentially like an order book based decks. I mean, there's still liquidity issues and stuff. Yeah. But like on the whole, it's a pretty good project. It looks beautiful. User interface is beautiful. And I think it ought to, it's going to do well. Like people that use the system love it. And that means that like, when the price of Kuji dips, there's going to be people buying it. It's that's all you need to really know. <laughs> like, right. Like it was the case in Terra too. Like everyone loved the user experience. So people kept buying the Luna token at the time um, for that reason. But anyway, um, I, oh, I, I think there's anything to do with the airdrop kind of um, hype that it doesn't seem to have taken off on Kajira, but there's huge hype all over Twitter at the moment with uh, all these huge airdrops coming. Um, a lot of them are focused on, uh cosmos but injective seems to be the source of a couple of them like black panther talus helix we had i think we had the unstake airdrop there not so long ago with kajira but there doesn't seem to be like much i don't, I don't really like know i don't really know how much airdrop seasons and stuff you know relate to the sort of buy and sell pressure of these things uh, they obviously will have some effect but like i don't know how to quantify what that is like how many people are holding certain tokens specifically for the airdrops? I'm not sure. 
but um, but but I do I do like the fact that like so here's what I did. If you were to ask me, did I buy more Neutron, Injective, or Kujira this last week? I bought Kujira for sure. Right, like I added to that bag more than anything else. Why? Because like it's the most undervalued on the layer ones in Cosmos at the moment. And I would say that like the other thing I added a lot of is Zephyr. Because again, it's low market cap. If I'm going to add to something, I might as well add something that's going to go up a lot if it's going to go up. And so those are the things I picked up is... So for the 400 million mark cap, that's Kuji. For the 50 million mark cap, that's Zephyr. Is the two I added the most for that reason. Now, like there's other stuff out there, of course. I bought a little bit of Litecoin, a little bit of Doge, because they probably have, you know, they bottomed out on the total three chart, essentially, um, pairing. So I think they'll, you know, they're super low risks. I'm like, hey, I have an extra money sitting here. I'm just going to throw it at a couple of these. Just, you know, and they'll 2x and I'll just sell it go to take my family for dinner or something. But like, it's nothing, like nothing exotic, right? Like not too much money. Enough to go on a little vacation or something, but that's about it. <laughs> Kirsty, what's up? Daffy, so how much Kuji do I have? So if you want me to be a rich. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have a substantial amount. So I think it has good 10x potential from here. You, you decide what that is. <laughs> but uh Kirsty, you were saying sorry oh yeah no that's fine um I, I i get that it's really hard to do on spaces to figure out if people are finished quite yet or whatever i just wondered if you had checked out sui um some of the things that they're offering i'm going to post it in the uh sui yeah yeah um i know some people around here like it um I honestly don't know too much about the nuances of it. Let me see what the chart looks like on it. Uh, yeah, um, I, while you're checking the chart, I wanted to let yeah. you know some of the things that I just learned about um, the market cap is almost actually uh, exceeding that of crypto.com, which mm. I mean, isn't saying much, you know, except for the uh, point of entry, but um they have a. Uh, Do you happen to know which exchange Sui like has been on the longest, so I can like pull a price chart that's like that? I can't decent. tell you for sure, honestly. Uh, let me I'm see. Still rather here. new to this, but I know they're coming out with. Um, they've got a, uh, a scanner and um, and I don't even know. It's I think called Binance. I think so. Sweet S U I T E. Um, they're coming out with, if you do a, a check on Twitter for Sweet, it gives you the full thread. I'm going to post it here, like I said. But they're coming out with a rug bot, um, a sniper bot, trading bot. Mm. Uh, but they've got a lot of things coming out that um, their de develops, developers came into. I don't know if you follow Marty Party. Um, yeah, I kind of visited one of their spaces once or twice. Um, but they're they're liking it for whatever reason. Yeah, well, he he actually they've done a lot of uh, research and I know their devs have come in, uh, visited the space and talked about it. But there are a lot of things that are coming on uh, Sui and it's extremely undervalued for what it sounds like they've got brewing. So so let me kind of like cover the the value proposition here a little bit. So um, understand that, like, practically every layer one does almost the same thing these days. So it's like. Um, uh, you know, how much is one better than the other? Eh, it's kind of plus or minus. You can do sort of the same shit on all of them all, in all seriousness. Um, Wabi was here a minute ago. He, he, I think, has some Sui. Um, I have not ever owned this, but if you look at just general chart action, 
I would say like um, if you just go by pure chart action, I think it um, CoinGecko it opened up at like in May at about a dollar forty, and it currently is at a dollar forty. So it is basically at it formed a gigantic cup, meaning like it hit its low, it's found its price discovery to the downside. It had it's open during bear market. That's a plus side to me, and it um, is basically like working on an all time high break. So. That looks pretty reasonable as far as like um, from a price action perspective. What is not as great is like, okay, it's market caps not too high at 1.5 billion, but it also has a fully diluted valuation of 14 billion, which is insane. So the problem here, and I, and I guess the circulating supply is only like a billion coins at the moment. That's why the um, FDV is so high. I don't know the precise tokenomics of this. Is it like an inflationary token or what? So I'm not, a, is it like a, is it a layer two on Ethereum or what is this thing? It's like a- It's a layer one. It's a layer one on what? Like what is it? Like what type of chain is it? Proof of work? Is it like- Harris to um, say, I don't know. I'm still pretty new to this. I'm just kind of following some people that seem to, and I'm trying not to get into any like, you know- Gotcha groups if you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah let me see what the uh little bit of the details are here i don't know enough I, if someone is on here that knows a little bit more about this feel free to hop on and like school me here but i'm just looking to see if like how this thing actually works um the reason why is because like i'm trying to figure out why the um fully diluted valuation is so big it usually means that like the token supply is really really like heavily favoring either some sort of community pool or like really heavily, heavily favoring developers owning most of the actual tokens. And um, that means that like, you know, and that proportion is really wild for this one. Like to be a 1.5 billion market cap and have a 14 million di dilution is really high. So it's like weirdly high. Now, does that mean that like maybe those are locked team tokens and like, they don't really affect the pumpamentals of the current like price action. That's quite possible. So at least judging by price action, someone thinks this chain is good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And does that mean there's more room for upside? Probably. I mean, this, the chart looks beautiful as far as like, you know, if I was going to break out trade this chart, like I'd done for some others, um, not an unreasonable buy, it looks like from that perspective, but at the same time, like, what would be a rational market cap for this thing? Let's put it this way. The FDV on this token, the fully diluted valuation is higher than that for Chainlink, right? Which is like, no, actually take that back. That's not true. Um, the fully diluted valuation is like higher than like the Polkadot ecosystem or whatever. It's pretty high. Like, so um, that will create like an overhead effect where like retail people are going to be willing to buy this thing. But smart money putting in millions of dollars is going to be like, wait a minute, like, the FDV is ridiculous on the, on the thing. I don't know if I'm going to buy anymore, right? So that's you have to keep in mind that that like these things matter for the big money players. Um, I don't know, like Sui, like how popular it is with like um, I don't know, like you know how much social media presence and retail shit they have going on. It could be pretty good. So I never try to say that your coin won't go up because oftentimes I'll be wrong, <laughs> especially this early in a bull market. Um, the probability of everything going up is pretty high. Um, is this the, like, if I had to pick where to allocate some funds today, would I pick this or Kujira? I'd pick this, I'd pick Kujira 
And the reason is because it's only a 400 million market cap. All of the coins are actually in circulation. The team doesn't have a gigantic load of coins to dump on you. And then on top of that, there's no inflation in the, um, it's a fixed supply coin. There's no inflation. Validators will just get paid out of the goodness of their heart, I guess. And uh, like, so there's a, so tokenomics at that level sort of helps Kuji compared to this. And, and also Kujira is like one third of the market cap of this or, or less. So the upside potential for like multiples in terms of like, if you want your money to grow, um, I think there's a little bit more room there. Now, what I don't know is maybe SUI has like a much better marketing department or some shit. Like, I don't know, like, right. So I don't, I know those intangible things. I can't just see on a chart, right? Like I'd have, you'd have to go research all that. um, Yeah. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of perspective. Um, yeah, it looks okay though. I think like, if you look at the chart, it looks like it'd probably do a double from here. If you had to guess, like it's at a buck 50 or so, it'll probably go to three without breaking a sweat. Yeah, it looks like they're talking, they, they're anticipating it's going to probably hit two bucks by the end of the month, just based on its recent price action. So let me see if I can find, um, I'm trying to draw a actual, so if CoinGecko says that a buck 40 is its uh, high from before then it's there now. And then the next C, the bottom was 36 cents. So I'm going to pull like a little fib tool thing here and like just do a fib extensions on this thing and see what levels you'd expect to, um, you'd expect the price to kind of go to based on fib levels, which is pretty common in crypto. So let's see the next level up would be, yeah. um, If you, from, from here, the next fib level up is $2 and two cents. After that is two dollars and forty six cents. The level after that is three twenty one. If I had to guess, um, most coins, when they break high, especially if they're an early coin, are going to go three fib extensions up routinely. So that would put it at about three dollars and twenty three. If I had to guesstimate, so like yeah, if you're just trying to forecasting a little bit, yeah, based on how, based on how crypto sort of moves, then that's where you'd kind of peg yeah. it. Maybe you can answer that question for me then, because I was curious how obviously the market sentiment is good right now. Uh, generally speaking, unless we take like a, a huge hit here before it really goes parabolic. But what's the anticipated like using the fib? Fibs, how can you kind of anticipate time-wise? So if you do to some technical reason, I cannot hear the other person. So I'm just like hearing oh. You might have to drop off and come back. There's sometimes it happens. Um, yeah, sometimes you can't hear certain listeners if there's a network problem. Um, no, you're saying that time-wise, yeah. So time is a trickier thing. Um, fib levels for me, like I have largely given up on figuring out time because like there are different th- schools of thought on this, but I think like time is one of the hardest things to sort out. The fib levels are the easy part because like they are, there's a traditional standard way to do it. And everyone sort of follows that time. However, you know, you don't know what black swan events are going to happen in between. You don't know like how much liquidity is coming to the market. You don't know what the fed's going to do with interest rates. Who the hell knows, right? There's always something, but I would say like, uh, if you look at the long history of crypto, having years for Bitcoin, which is this year, um, April, um, typically things go relatively sideways, um, with some dumps in the happening year. 
So is that going to be different this year because we didn't have a COVID dump? We don't have a, maybe we don't have a, like a Chinese Bitcoin miners getting kicked out of China dump. That was like back in 2020, March. So that led to that giga dump, right? Like, so I was there for that. I enjoyed that. Bought a bunch of Bitcoin at the time, actually. But anyway, in either case, like you'll, you'll have those things happen. But is that going to happen this time? If it doesn't, then we may just see a steadily steady trickle up for the rest of the year. It's quite possible. Um, so, but as far as like timing, like if I were to buy Sui or, you know, Zephyr or whatever the hell it is right now, how much time does it take to get these different levels? Um, I think the higher the level you're talking about, the longer it takes. Um, and it's usually, um, like it could be a very short period of time to get to one FIB extension, like to $2. Then to get beyond that, you know, it takes a little bit longer and then even longer. And then if you have a consolidation period of a few months in between some of those levels, then you have to, when I say these levels, I don't mean like it just goes straight up tomorrow. It just could be like all year doing that. Right. So, um, that's just something to bear in mind. Like, but I think like, if you think about bull market dynamics, um, you know, like would you expect most things to really get most of their move by about 20 through 2015? That's pretty typical. You might have like a top for the for the entire ecosystem as early. Maybe it's as early as 2015 sometime, or maybe it's sometime early 2016 if it mimics last time. I think what you have to do is like you set your expectations with these FIB extension levels, and then you say, okay, well, like whatever the case may be, I'm exiting at this amount. Like I don't care if it goes to the third when I only want two levels and I'm out. So you can just pick a number and just sort of sell. I think that's reasonable too. Um, you don't have to necessarily like wait for the exact top of the exact whatever the reality is like how many people are going to sell the exact top of anything almost nobody probably less than five percent of people catch the precise top in fact it's impossible for everyone to get the top so if everyone could sell a profit perfectly the market would go to zero instantly right like, like the whole the whole market would go to zero if everyone sold at the exact top so that's not even possible so um like picking the top and then like selling the top is never it's rarely going to happen unless it's pure luck um, I think with the FIB levels, though, it helps you with managing your luck um, and you can kind of use that to to kind of play. And also, like if you look at relative market caps, like what is a rational market cap for a layer one? Like if SUI triples from here, its fully diluted valuation is so absurd that this better be a goddamn amazing chain, right? Like it better be better than everything to have that kind of market cap, right? That's the other thing to keep in mind. Like you know, things can be irrational for a while and things can pump into ridiculous territory for a while. But is that justified? That's a different question. Like the, the perfect example of that kind of situation is Cardano, right? Like Cardano pumped on like Charles Hoskins and YouTube videos to like obnoxious highs you know, last season. Um, is it going to get back to that level this season? Oh, that's a huge maybe. Um, is every layer one chain going to do what Cardano did? Probably not, right? It had it went from like uh, two cents at the bottom of 2020 to like uh, $3. Like how many things are going to do that? Not very many, right? So, and then like, you know, the market cap for Cardano at the top was what? Let me, let me, let me pull it up. Let me see what it was. It's probably something ridiculous. Um, and um, the reality is there's no way like it's worth that much. Even now, an $18 billion market cap for Cardano is super, super dubious. Like, why in the world is it worth that much? It's like, so it does help when to sort of look at relative market caps and say, hey, does this even make sense for what this thing does? 
Does that have to do with what's staked on the chain? No, it just like it's just how many buyers show up and think it's an amazing thing. Like, no, it doesn't have to do with necessarily staking because the stake tokens don't actually contribute to uh, price action, right? Only what's on the exchanges and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, obviously more stakers, less sellers and whatever. But yeah, it, even Cardano dropped from like, what, $3 at the top all the way down to about 26 cents at the bottom. I mean, it basically performed no better than Luna. And Luna had UST attached to it. Like, so from top to bottom, it basically went to zero for all intents and purposes, right? I mean, if you think about it, right, it's like uh, not exactly zero, but Luna's not at zero either for that matter. Like it's at a dollar or whatever it is. The, The point is like the retracements can be quite deep and aggressive. And so like you can never be really sure how like crazy the tops get because the, it's pure irrational price action. There's no like these things are not worth that much. Right. Like they're not in reality. Um, but like, yeah, it's like think about if Cardano was at 100 billion market cap or something. What was it actually? Let me see. Um, oh, this is not coinmarketcap.com. I can't tell. But yeah, let's say it was 100 billion market cap. Right. Like, you know, that's like one seventh the price of Tesla. That is the market cap of IBM. There is no fucking way it's worth that, right? There's no way. So you know it's going to dump like like crazy when when the when the bull market's over, because there's just it's just not rational at all. So that's the thing is like crypto is the king of irrationality. So when people say like, oh, how high can it go? I'm like, fuck if I know. These things can go to ridiculous levels. It depends on how many pumpers and YouTubers there are and shit too, right? Like you don't know. Like some of these things go totally viral, right? Like it's a Dogecoin phenomenon. Other things just sit around. They're amazing projects, but just sit around and do nothing. Like, so uh, you can't even go based on fundamentals legitimately. Like, pumpamentals and memeology almost matter more than the fundamentals. So, like, the best projects are typically those that have good um, fundamentals, but also have good memes, good influencers, or whatever you want to call it. You know, shit worth talking about, narratives. Like, the more of those check boxes you can check, the better off you're going to be as far as like upside, but also just the downside. Like when it goes down, how far is it going to go? And um, I mean, even Chainlink, which is a legit project, I was just mentioning this earlier today, the thing went down from like $53 down to $476. That, I mean, you know, it, it behaved like a meme coin for all intents and purposes. I mean, it did no different than Doge as far as like top to bottom, right? Think about that. Like, what does that mean exactly? In fact, Doge, I think, did better. I mean, like, I think, like, let me see real quick. Let me see how much Doge dropped from the top. It's just hilarious, right? So, like, yeah, you 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 can't even use the utility of the chain to produ- predict for anything, like, about where the bottom's going to be. Um, Ethereum, early on, right, it dropped, what, I think it was, like, 97% or something from top to bottom. Um, that was la- before last season. Um, yeah, like, Dogecoin dropped 93%, almost exactly the same as, um, almost exactly the same as, uh, chain link right so like to talk about these things in the terms of like utility or whatever the hell else like god <laughs> like, like you should assume whatever you're buying it's going to drop to it's like i don't know 95 percent from the top is a reasonable assumption um and by the way we when you have those things with high fully diluted valuations like sui like you have to imagine the team is going to dump on you at the top which means that like those exact people that you're supporting are the ones who have to sell on you in order to like realize a profit. And they almost certainly will sell on you. So when they decide to do that, I don't know. But Which is about potentially yeah. about all these developments. I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like when they sell on you, I don't know. But like as soon as team tokens start moving, just realize that like 
you know, what happens is the moment those team wallets start moving on a public blockchain, um, people are watching those wallets. They have like literal alarms on that shit and they will start selling as soon as the team does. This is what happened to Luna at the, when Galaxy Digital and some other people started selling. It was like, a, it was a bit of a chain reaction as far as like price depreciation, right? So like, uh, and when that happens, like, you know, you know, if you're, if you bought at the top, like obviously, um, a 95% retracement might as well be zero, like, you know, to, to that, in that sense, but, or you're just going to bag hold the thing to the next, uh, to the next, uh, bull market or whatever and hope that it goes up. But yeah, so that would be my warning with that one. It's not that I wouldn't own it. If you've got it and it's going up, great. It probably has a two X in the tank. If you want to sell it a two X, I think that'd be a very fair, like if you'd sold it three bucks, or maybe even 250 and you don't even want to wait for three bucks, totally fair. You'd, you'd step out with profit and it may go up more, like, but so what? Keep a moon bag. Yeah, you, you can keep a moon bag or you can just sort of like go, hey, you know, I take this thing and I'll find something else in the market that hasn't pumped yet and get that at that point. So that's the other thing too is remember every moment is an opportunity somewhere else. Uh, we tend to get very, very focused on the bag we own, but like... Yeah, I, I've been trying to do that whenever I trade out of something is just keep a moon bag in there and say whatever happens happens yeah or, or take it and go dump it into a dividend earning stock and just make money forever you know like what like you know don't over don't overthink these things too much yeah uh, so one other thing i wanted to ask uh something mm -hmm. to touch on what you just mentioned about putting alarms on these whale wallets how do you go about doing that what do you use um i don't typically bother with this sort of thing i just know that there's some people that do and you can basically use like um so like if you can identify which wallet is the team wallet and usually you can find that data somewhere and then you can basically like um there are some like little apps and things online that you can use to plug in a wallet and like set some alarms and shit i don't know exactly where they are maybe some of the guys here can hop up and tell me but like i don't typically go that detail all i'm saying is that when you have a gigantic team allocation it's public people that are in the know definitely know when that selling starts to happen way faster than you will know right because so so not just insiders but people who are just savvy at watching the chain and shit so that's why like waiting to that top fib or whatever to exit right when everyone else is like right when it's at the perfect top will almost never work for you unless you're an insider that's just my my warning to people like it's like the insider is going to know exactly when they feel like their top is and they're going to set the top by selling right? That's what's going to exactly happen. So by that point, the price already dropped 20%, right? Oh, at least. Right. So then, then you're like, Ooh, okay, well, is it going to go up again? And then you're like, then it goes down another 20%. You're like, Oh no, it's not going to go up again. And you're just sort of like, you know, you're just staggering, wondering what happened. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, depending on what your strategy is. Um, so we'll figure it out. But Hi, Sefi. I have a stupid question for you. I have to go right now and I'm going to create a few memes. And do you think the meme have powers to promote any projects like shilling? Uh, meme is better or like articles or, you know, some kind of blogs are better. Which are the best instrument to sh for the shilling? <laughs> do whatever, like whatever you like. If you like to write. Uh, I have planning to do something like that. Yes, I have to if you're going to spend a lot like... of time on this sort of thing, you better make sure your bag is pretty big. Like if you're not going to make a whole lot of money on it, there's no point in spending a whole lot of time and effort. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like make sure the amount of time you spend is relevant uh, to the actual 
uh, effect you're going to have on your personal finance because that's the only way you're getting paid as a so-called shiller is like the number go up right like, like <laughs> so anyway i have a I planning for meme like you know i have a superman i am going to remove his underwear and yeah. put injective logo on it what oh, do you okay. think yeah, of yeah yeah that sounds good like yeah put it on his like the lower underwear you know for inj- like injective logo on it and yeah. going to yeah i'm sure like the the christopher reeves family would be very happy about this yes <laughs> i have to go right now aloha right, have a good day yes i right. uh, how i end party right now i'm going to phone about it Finn, aloha. <laughs> aloha everybody hello <laughs> crazy <laughs> it's funny yeah Finn, what's up hey um thank you um Oh, that was funny. Um, two unrelated questions here. The first is, okay, so we know, you know how Zeph, when you trade to ZSZ in the private wallet, you don't necessarily, I'm a little confused. You don't necessarily know when people are doing that because it's not public. So like that, that is public. Um, you just have to go to uh, network.zephyrprotocol.com. Okay. And it shows you the amount of Zephyr, Zephyr stable dollars in circulation. So that jumped oh, actually half a million dollars like the last two days. So someone just picked up a lot of ZSD. Maybe it's an exchange or something. Uh, added a whole bunch for whatever reason. So, um, so that you can see. What you can't see is which individual wallets did it or anything like that. Right. So you know how you're like you can typically like time like how like if so you don't want like folks to sell on you like kind of deal like you know how you said like with zeph it's less of a concern because when they trade to zsd they're not gonna cause the price to go down yeah one thing is zsd is a liability in the system and not a sale necessarily so yeah Uh when you trade from zeph to zsd the price does not go down um now the trick about trading from Zeph to ZSD is though there's a fee involved. It's fairly high. I don't remember what it was, but like one or two percent or something. And then the other thing is like it it goes based on the current moving average price of Zephyr. So let's say, for example, by next month, let's say Zephyr pumps to a you know, one of these fibs, like $170. Let's just make up a number. Uh-huh. And, and it pumps, but like the moving average price may only be a hundred because it's moved up so fast. Right. So if you suddenly trade it for ZSD while the moving average price is still 100, it hasn't caught up yet, then that's the value you're going to get. You're not going to get the exact top value. So if you want to get the exact amount, the amount is based on the moving average price, which on network Zephyr protocol dot, I'm sorry, on network.zephyrprotocol.com, you can see that if you pull it up real quick. You'll see on the bottom right, there's a moving average price for Zephyr. Mm-hmm. It's currently $17.11. The spot price is $17.08. So it gives you sort of like um, the, the, you know, the tr- that's sort of the exchange rate is the moving average price. They did that so that people don't manipulate the stable dollar system. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they did it. So just be aware that if you want to sell an exact top, right. that's going to be difficult to do using this method. Right. Um, if you want to stay anonymous and you want to be able to do this, what I would suggest doing is make another Mexi account that has nothing to do with your, you know, like whatever you send to, you know, however you sent Tether last time to Mexi to buy your shit, uh-huh. don't use that Mexi account. Make another one with a different email address. And then like 
Um, one way to stay totally anonymous is make a proton mail address, which is what right. I yeah. just, no, just everyone proton. does. Yeah, yeah. And then what you do is you can make a, a fake, like not a fake, but like a, you can make an anonymous proton mail address on top of your regular proton mail address. And that Mexi actually allows. Mexi doesn't allow regular protonmail.com email addresses for, for whatever reason. I don't so, know. I was using Coinex. I, I picked it up on okay. Coinex. Yeah. So if you have an anonymous thing, you could get another account there that you never transferred money to ever. So they can't yeah. trace it back to anything. And uh-huh. then you can you can convert it to, you know, USDT there. And then if you want to buy back Zeph later, you can kind of, you know, like, you know, trade it there. So, yeah, like if you want to stay anonymous, that's the other way to do it. But like within your wallet, there are some stipulations if you want to try to print ZSD directly in your wallet and you just have to be aware of them. So I guess there's no way to like tell if like folks are going to sell on you kind of deal. Like no, 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 Okay. No, you mean like, you mean like teams or you're talking about like anybody? Well, we don't even know what the team no. is. So, so you won't of, know, you won't yeah. know anything about anything because it's a completely private system. That's a good thing in my view because yeah. of the because it just creates panic and FUD when, when people right. do. So, right. Right. So like if Sui, the Sui team starts to sell, people can actually see it's happening. Right. Whereas with this, who knows, maybe they're selling now. We wouldn't even know. Right. Like we wouldn't have. So that's good in my view, because here's the thing, you know, those team tokens are there to be sold, but do you mm-hmm. want that freaking broadcast everybody so that like everyone? Yeah. Can, no, not really. So I, I, I like the fact that that's anonymous. I don't, I'm fine with it. If the team wants to sell, go, go the fuck ahead. <laughs> like, you know, it just doesn't, right. I won't know any different than anyone else, but I know already going into it, like, I already know that the team has half a million team tokens or whatever, and that that is like part of the risk I'm taking buying the coin to begin with. I'm fine with right. that, right? So, right. so you're, you you know the risk going in, but you don't have the FUD the rest of the lifetime of the damn coin. It's like, oh no, uh, Satoshi's going to sell his Bitcoin or whatever. So like, you know, you know, oh, the Zuckerberg twins are going to, what, what's his name? Yeah. The, 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 the Gemini yeah, twins are yeah. going to go and sell their, you know, Bitcoin or whatever. It's going to get everyone upset pretty quickly, right? Right. Um, so if like, I don't want, I don't, I'm not big on like buying and then selling and then buying again. Like if I just want to like wait a year, should I just wait for that? Like 400, you know, the 1 billion market cap, like, and yeah, like, I don't think like, this is not one of those that I intend to do a lot of trading of Uh the reason is because the, you won't know where the actual top is and the way log exponential moves happen is you'll have a trading range. And right now that range is like five to 50 bucks. And when the next trading range arrives, it's an exponential move above current trading range. So you you might go like all the way to a thousand immediately and then dump back to 600. Right. right. Or you might, I mean, I'm sorry, you might go all the way to 400 and drop back down to like 300. Uh Yeah. You won't know for sure where the top is or whatever. So, you know, if you want to just exit where we are comfortable, well, that's another option. Just do that. But like, if you're like, okay, I think like, well, there's not that many great moon bags out there. Like, you know, they're, they're, you know, there's a couple that I think that could do really well. And this is the bag I don't want to fumble. Then you just leave it alone and just let it ride. And that's probably like, and then go all the way through probably like this year and probably all the way through next year. And then just see what happens. Right. Through 2025. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like the bull run doesn't even start really usually till 2025. Like 2024 is usually like the flat season. Um, it's, okay. it's things stay flat usually like, or like only slowly go up steadily during the, um, the Bitcoin happening year. So I, we could be wrong. Like you could moon right. this, this like within months, who the hell knows, but like usually, uh, full on bull markets really start like being really wild after BTC passes all time high. So you've got a ways to go. 
okay. in my view. So like BTC passes all time high and it's looking like it's reaching maybe, you know, like, let's say it's hitting, like, let's say BTC is running like, I don't know, hundred to 150 K. Then you start going, wait a minute. Like, do I want to wait out this whole thing or does my bag look pretty good? I'm out of here. That's what you have to decide. And I think like, if you've already been here since the bear market, you do not need to be one of these people that leaves at the very end. Right. Like you could definitely leave early and just say, screw it. And then park your money in cash or whatever. And then like wait for the next bear market, which will pretty much happen typically by 2016 or whatever. And then you can just do the same thing. And two rounds of that. And most people are golden because like everything will dump 95% again. Right. So like, (laughs) so you could just basically just buy the bottom again when everyone's crying. That's That's typically how it works. Like if you try to do it all in one season, man, like you could take outsized risk and leverage and whatever else, or just put too much money in. But it's safer if you have two cycles and you just kind of like wait for a dump. Usually. Yeah, that's really smart. That's usually my downfall. I usually do one of those. It's everyone's It's everyone's said, downfall. Yeah. It's pretty much yeah. the most common problem. <laughs> like riding the whole thing up and down. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have one other related question to this and then one unrelated question. Like this is, I, again, I'm just stepping back in again after some reluctance because I just got sucked back in. But um, that's my defense. Um I, so like if there's not like off ramps for Z, are they like going to like plan off ramps for ZSD? Like, like, like you, like oh, where um, you can use it. Um, well, so yeah, like, far, can I, I believe use it like as a private dollar, like, do I yeah, ever have for, to, I, yeah, for starters, you can definitely use it among peer to peer, like any, any friends or right. whoever you want to send money to. Right. They would just have to get like a, you know, exchange connection or whatever. Um, the other place you could use is it is like, I think they're building something called Zephyr pay that allows you to receive, um, like as a merchant or whatever, you can add it to your website. So there's a little bit of that going on. And then there's a DEX, uh, I believe okay, it's being yeah. in planned over the, yeah. maybe over the next month or two. I don't know if that, I don't want to say anything until that materializes. I have no idea if it happens or not, but that would allow like conversion to maybe some other coins or something. Um, you know, how good is that going to be? I have no idea. Um, and then, um, what else? Uh, and then of course, like more exchange listings will probably show up too. And, um, some of them have ZSD on them specifically, but if you, um, like, yeah, if you have like a gigantic amount of ZSD and you don't have, there's not enough liquidity somewhere for you to convert that to tether or whatever. Yeah. What do you do? Right. That's the question. So at higher market caps, as ZSD's market cap gets much bigger, um, you know, 10 million plus, then liquidity starts to get much, much like more straightforward in terms of actually being able to convert. Otherwise, like if you're not sure, like let's say the time comes, like, I don't know if I can convert my ZSD to Tether. There's not enough Tether there or whatever, the liquidity pool or whatever is too small. Then you look at the order book on the exchange, go, how much can you actually sell without causing massive slippage, right? You can tell your book. And then you say, I can't sell this much. And then you say, okay, well, then you just convert the ZSD maybe at that time to Zephyr if you had to, and then sell that because there's plenty of liquidity there. So yeah, and I think using ZSD as a trading tool, it just depends on the the strategy there and what you're trying to accomplish long term. Okay. Um and then an unrelated question. I remember your um your spaces on bots and stuff. Um and it was actually appealing to me. I never got around to it, but it was super appealing. And then I got I found this AI crypto trading bot. And um I'm just wondering what your opinions are on that. Cause I the 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 returns being promised around between like two and 3%, which, you know, they're not promising the moon. And they say they have like a 95% or maybe 99% success rate because they're like taking safe 
bets. And I'm I'm thinking at this point, AI pretty much has this locked in. Like I wouldn't I, I wouldn't assume anything. Like people use the word AI to mean almost anything. By the way, uh-huh. uh, there have been bot trading platforms around for many years already. And they usually are quantitative platforms that usually run like either grid bots or some other similar thing. Maybe they are grid bots. I actually don't even know. There's so many different types. Um, There's nothing AI about them, really. I mean, there might be some AI related shit, like maybe like it tests sentiment about something and like dives into some coin because of sentiment and then tries to sell or whatever. I don't know. There's different things out there, but I would be super careful about those things. Um, it's easy to set those things up wrong. And I certainly wouldn't trust quote unquote, some sort of AI to do it. Um, mm-hmm. because like, who knows how that's set up? Cause that's only going to do as good as like the in- internal programming, what it's programmed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, all of these things tend to make money when the price of the coin is going up anyway. Um, like where you'd want to make the most use of these things are at the bottom of a bear market. Typically. They say that it doesn't matter what direction the market is going. Yeah, they say that, but I'm just telling you, like, just just generally, like, high volatility is how those things make money. Uh And when you're, yeah, when when things are going up, volatility is high, but, like, the tendency to profit is higher. When things are going down, volatility is high, but the profit tendency to, like, be in profit is not as good. It's just the way these things are designed. So, like, I don't know. They're okay. Um, so you can extract value with these things. But remember, there's other factors too with those, like which exchange you have to use this on and what platform does it connect to. So, if it's like an American exchange like Coinbase, and you can you can connect like an API to it, and Coinbase fees are acceptable, then yeah, it might be all right. But the problem is, is that like, but American exchanges have shit for fees. Um, and then if you go to the foreign exchanges like KluCoin or whatever, they kicked everyone off of that shit. So yeah. like, you, you got to go through a lot of trouble and you might lose your funds if you have them sitting there on a bot platform. And then they say, oh, no, you're not American. You know, Americans can't right. use this. We detect some shit. So right. the problem with a lot of the bot trading platforms right now is like you're stuck with using stuff like Kraken mm-hmm. and Coinbase and stuff. And fees are high. And, and the, the, the anathema for like decent money making on bot platforms is you don't want to feed greater than like maybe 0.3%. Higher than that is you're not making very much. I just know how this stuff works. Okay. Um, Cause high frequency trading requires lots and lots of trades and those trades okay. each have a fee. And uh, so those, fee, so the, the Coinbase makes a bunch of money and, but you have to like, typically what it is is you're trying to make money off of like a 1% move at a time. Right. And if 0.3% of the money is going to Coinbase, you're only making 0.7% profit. And um, yeah, the yield goes down. And then it's like, if the yield's not good enough, then it's like, wait, why don't I just take this coin over here? Because like, you know, I can get 14% yield on Adam if that's what I want. And so like you wind up, the opportunity cost becomes sort of dubious. Not to mention there are stocks out there like Petrobras that gives you like fucking like 15% yield or whatever. Like, wh- like why, why try to like extract this like questionable thing with all this security concerns? If you do it well, like sometimes the right answer is just find yourself decent, you know, dividend earning stocks and buy a few of them and let it, and just let them sit there. And then mm-hmm. next season you can always sell those or whatever. And then like, um, you know, uh, buy crypto again or whatever. Like, there's always opportunities. Um, is you just don't want to be lazy about it because, like, um, if you're going to do any of these things, you really have to pay attention during bear market times. That's where most all the money's made. Like, buying then and waiting after that is much much easier than all these other complicated platforms. 
Um, honestly, that's the simplest thing. And I think we're still early enough this season on a lot of coins where you're still okay. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll put some more thought into that one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can. There's definitely some platforms you can play with, like three commas and whatever, that do different sort of algorithmic plat- trading and whatever. I've found them to be sometimes more nuisance than useful because remember, other thing too is on these platforms, if they're recording every single buy and sell as like a thing on your exchange, uh-huh. then that's a taxable event every single yeah, time. Yeah, I know that was profit. my main thing. Yeah, it makes you it makes a lot of fucking paperwork is what it does. Yeah. <laughs> and I've done that before. And right. um, so the thing is like, yeah, if you have a platform that doesn't execute a lot of trades, it just has a strategy that I don't know. But how good is that going to be? I don't know. And whatever. So th- these things wildly vary as far as what they say. So you have to be super, super careful on those because they'll advertise some number and you're like, oh, it's this yeah. thing's making 3% per day or, or 1% per day. But you'll notice that that wildly varies depending on the volatility for the day and some other factors. Uh-huh. And um, y- yeah, like mm, I think if you're doing those things now, the reason why it doesn't make sense is a lot of times early in the bull, bull market or early, even in a bear market, you're way better off just simply buying and holding generally speaking, then to start to try to like use a bot trading platform. Uh, Mid-market, like halfway through, like you're probably better off with the bot trading platform in terms of risk management. So if you exit halfway through the market, like maybe your shit like 5X or something, you're like, I'm out of here. Then you initiate a bot system. Yeah, you could probably extract some more value with low risk. Because like half your portfolio will be unstable, half will be in like the coin of your caring. And it'll, it'll play the volatility and make you some money. Um, at the very top of the market, you're like, as things go really, really high, the most like profitable thing people do is just short the market, which is a different thing. Yeah. The problem with that is you don't know exactly where that top is and you have to really be savvy to short things. Right. Um, and, and a lot of people lose money doing that too. So the bot trading is a bit more, um, I would say, the conser- financially conservative approach. And you can set those bots to be fairly conservative, like more cash heavy and uh-huh. way less in the coin. So like, if you feel like I'm getting close to the top of the market, I'm going to have 90% in cash and only 10% in the coin and then trade the volatility. And then it will, it will just do that for you. So it depends. And all like, there's also the risks of being on some platform or some shit and they shut you out. Right. So yeah, they use three commas. Um, Yeah. Three commas. Yeah. Yeah. Three commas. You can use directly um, as a way to interface with like Coinbase or Kraken. Uh Um, They have some fee that three commas has and whatever. And it's okay. I don't know. Like, I found that like I can probably do just as good, if not better, just doing my own thing now. Well, that's, Once that's, you know how it all works. Yeah. <laughs> Once you know how it all works, it's like, okay, like, yeah, right now, my advice to most people would be if you're going to do anything, like if you're going to grab something, get just it, hold on to it, and right. wait. Yeah, like you have most of the move ahead of you. Uh, worrying about all that shit is after you get really rich with all the, you know, whatever you make. And like, okay. yeah, wait for like mid 2025 or something, go see where are you. And uh, ignore everything until then, right? Just leave your bags in there, stick them there, and then go and see, go play. And then come back and go, hmm, where am I? And then go from there. Yeah, that's the time to sort of sort that out. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Cool, cool. And I think Bikram is trying to come back on. I'm not sure why, but I'm going to get off, I think. I've been here a lot of the day and kind of messing around. Um, I've got to get some work done. Uh, tax stuff actually <laughs> so we'll catch up later motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs i'll be numbing up first before
before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days got them acting all bankless Yo fam what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting knotters And then to end a long day 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats. And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each. Motherfuckers, fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the verbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Two spaces